Have you ever struggled with finding your true calling? Well, I'm so excited to bring you a special interview with an astrologer, writer, coach, and creative introvert dedicated to helping you find your true calling. Today's guest is Kat Rose Nelligan. Kat's fascination with astrology began as an extension of her interest in personality typology. She soon found out the study of the stars had much, much more to offer and has been learning as much as she can ever since. Kat now incorporates astrology into her work coaching creative introverts, helping artists, writers, musicians, and all kinds of creatives to better understand themselves, identify their calling, and share their work with the world. Stay tuned. Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, I have a quick and exciting announcement. I would love it if you all joined me on my YouTube channel and you can find it at Naomi Courtney Co or Naomi Courtney Co. I'll also leave a link for you in the show notes and I have everything from lifestyle content to personal development and spirituality. So please get to know the faces behind the podcast by joining my YouTube community and check it out for some really cool and detailed pick a card readings as well. Thank you so much, everyone. And let's get back to the show. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. And I want to dive right on in and talk about your story, your background, and just jump into a fun round of personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you better. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So the first one is, what do you do for a living? Well, this has been a hard question for me to answer ever since, um, I'd say like 2013. Basically, um, I used to work at a website agency. Um, I went freelance in 2013. And so my prime kind of um, income comes from web design, or it it has done uh, up until maybe the last year or so. And I've done a bunch of things in the meantime, but I'm part coach to creative introverts uh, and also part astrologer. So those would be my sort of two main gigs at the moment. That is very, very cool. And I'm curious, where are you from and how has it shaped you in any way? So I'm from uh, basically Southeast London. Um, I don't know if people in the States would have heard of the place I'm from, but uh, yeah, not the loveliest part of London. Um, I've moved since to um, living by the sea and maybe we'll get to the astrology later, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm a water sign, basically. I'm a water sign rising and I think being near water is very important to me. Uh, I, I love the city. Like I think it, in my heart, I'm a city girl, um, but uh, as an introvert, being around all those people, it, it's it's still it's still quite energetically taxing. So in that way, I learned, I guess, as a kid to 
adapt to being around a lot of people and a lot of like buzz and energy um but ultimately that doesn't really suit me and being a little bit further away basically being the quiet place by the sea is is sort of ideal for me yeah yeah I was just thinking about like the nervous system and how like of course like we can adapt um but certain things feel better to our nervous systems so yeah very cool so on the topic of um astrological signs what are you know what are your signs what's your sun moon and rising yeah sure so sun aries um moon sagittarius so we've got some fire there and then a water sign rising so i'm a cancer rising which i think is a balance to some of that fire really that is a very cool combination and you know i was just browsing your website and i love that you said you're a red-headed misfit who took a personality quiz and hasn't looked back so i can yes <laughs> i can relate to your story um, I, i'm curious to find out more but i can relate to this um just because one of the main reasons why i had exited my old career was I took a personality type test and I was like, oh, no wonder this feels like not so good to me. You know, I ought to try something else. So I'll rewind. What can you share a little bit more about like your experience with this? What was your journey like after taking this personality test? Yeah, and it, and it really did for me similarly start when I was in a career that wasn't ultimately suited to me. So um, while I loved, yeah, I would say loved, <laughs> mostly web design work, uh, actually working in an office with people doing the kind of set nine to five or whatever it was usually a bit longer um, and the commute all of that wasn't suited to me and I couldn't understand why so this is me in my early 20s um, I think I would have come across to people as like relatively gregarious I'd sort of gotten over my childhood shyness by this point um, and I was like you know I like people I'm quite like there's a sort of Gemini piece in my chart which makes sense at the same time, I ultimately felt like um, this this lifestyle was draining to me um, and that being around people for more than about two hours was pretty draining. So I was telling this to a friend who then said, well, you know, that's because you're an introvert. I was like, no, I'm not shy. I've like, I gave up on that in, in my childhood. I've left that behind. Don't be mean. Uh, as if it was a bad thing as well, which I, I don't believe it is. Anyway, he was like, well, no, an introvert, according to the Myers-Briggs type inventory if that's the the right word um is it's more to do with your energy and where you get your energy and the way you're talking about it it sounds like you're somebody who um just needs to recharge by being alone and when he said that I was like oh my god like this is everything tell me more about this test and he said there's more to it and as you probably know that there is more to that test than just introversion or extroversion um so I took that test and I don't know, the, the amount of um, clarity that gave me, uh, it, it kind of just reflects back to you what you kind of suspect about yourself, but you've never fully put into words. And so that test allowed me to, to understand myself a lot better. And it gave me a lot more confidence then when it came to quitting my job and going freelance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really powerful when we finally get the language for certain things, like certain experiences or the way we are, because I think you could probably relate to this too. It's like, you feel kind of odd growing up and you're like, hmm, maybe something's wrong with me, but let me fly under the radar, just make sure I survive. And it's like, once you have the language for being an introvert or being an intuitive, or you learn more about the um, the cognitive functions, uh, you know, it's I think it's all so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and I would totally 
you know reflect that back that idea of feeling like you don't quite fit in when you're growing up and again I think similarly astrology has helped with that um that understanding ourselves and and actually feeling less alone because you're like well this isn't so weird there are other people who um can relate to these traits yeah absolutely and not to go off on a further like tangent or anything but um the way that I was introduced to Myers-Briggs um, was actually like as a result of astrology. And I know that sounds strange, but like mm-hmm. one of my friends, like over lunch at this old job that I had, she was like, I think we were just kind of talking about like, you know, the daily work struggles. And I was like, it's probably because I'm a Taurus. Like, you know, that's my sun sign. And she's like, hmm, have you heard of like the Myers-Briggs personality types before? Because uh, you know, it's not quite like astrology or like, you know, anything like that, but it's like another system like of personalities and it's very cool. And I was like, what? And I took the test and got the INFJ code and I was like, I have no idea what to make of this, but I know I'm an introvert. So yeah. 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 Very, very cool. Okay. Well, I want to dive into personality types, introversion, um, and talking about, you know, empaths and highly sensitive people. So Let's start out, Kat, we chatted earlier and you said you were INTJ in the Myers-Briggs system. Yeah. And so I don't know a whole ton about the INTJ, but what I do remember is that one like strong skill that INTJs have is the ability to reverse engineer their goals and their dreams. And I think that's so cool and kind of awesome that like you do coaching, it's like perfect fit, right? So yeah. That's literally my life. And um, that that idea, I mean, it's almost like it brings me peace, you know, because I'll, I'll, I'm the first one to set goals and um, create, you know, vision boards. And, and I think that's a big part of things. But as soon as I sort of have something in mind that I want, that I'm driven towards, um, I have to, like you said, reverse engineer it uh, to feel safe and stable. And um, as a sort of a contrast to that, like my partner is the opposite. He's like INFP mm-hmm. and those, especially that, that difference with those last two letters results in somebody who's a lot more spontaneous and a lot more like in the now. Uh, so, you know, you've got, it's, it's a good mixture, but at the same time, it's like, how do you not want to have a step-by-step plan? Yeah. Um, so that's the natural <laughs> INTG, uh, TJ um, inclination. A lot of my friends are actually um, your type. So INF, uh, INFJ. And wow. I think one of the core differences is, um, again, it, it's that, that thinking and feeling. So what does that look like? I mean, you know, you tell me, but I, I think the decisions we make where an IT, INTJ might like make a list of like pros and cons, maybe the, the feeling type it, it, it is more like, yeah, how do I feel about, you know, it, it sounds obvious. Yeah. Maybe you have more to say on that, but. No, that is totally a really cool point. And I feel like that's really helpful to make that distinction between thinkers and feelers, because it really does come down to the way we make decisions. And I think with thinkers, it's a little bit more focused on like logic and like data and like kind of like being impartial to like, I don't know, you know, the feelings that might come up. Like I think feelers often get caught up in like, oh no, like how is this going to affect everyone? And like, it can be good but then I think it can really create a lot of like being stuck in neutral right not being able to make a decision because you're just flooded with like the emotional side of it so I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's there's like a benefit in finding balance between the two yes Yes. yeah okay so um I am curious what challenges um have you faced in your business as an introvert 
Gosh, so many. I mean, it's kind of ironic that the thing that I primarily help, you know, the, the reason I decided to help creative introverts at all was because of the problems that I had been facing. So, uh, flashback again to about 2013 2014 when I was my web design business was going okay but it wasn't the thing that like lit me up I actually really liked drawing and painting and you've got some of my like <laughs> like experiments on the walls here but uh I wanted to you know promote my t-shirt designs and all of my other creative things and I couldn't sort of you know figure out how could I do that when I don't really like the whole being around networking networking was like a big thing um I feel like that's like a thing of the past now since the pandemic but basically you know in-person networking was a big thing um social media obviously was really getting a lot more popular um and there was a deep part of my personality where I'm like ah this just doesn't feel right but there must be another way because of course there are creatives all over the internet and I've heard of people so they must have figured out a way um so what kind of started as an experiment for me to figure out ways to do this marketing self-promotion thing in a way that felt good to me um, then ended up becoming something that I felt like I wanted to share with other creative introverts basically I can't was that even an answer to your questions yeah absolutely that <laughs> okay. was awesome and I like I found my brain trailing because I'm just like that's what I'm going through right now like I'm trying to find a way that feels better to my nervous system in, in terms of marketing and putting myself out there and I spent a long time like on Instagram and oh, <laughs> I feel so drained and it's, yeah, it's, it's not like my natural, uh, you know, to, to hop on the stories and to chit chat mm -hmm. with everyone or to, you know, document my whole life. It's just like, ah, it's, 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 it's terrifying. Different. Like today, I just bought um, one of those, like, let me, like this thing, which, you know, my phone yeah. is meant to sit there and I was like, okay, so maybe I could like live stream this conversation yep. that we're having. And I was like psyching myself up and I was like, oh, I'll ask Naomi. And I was like, you know, I'm just too, like, I can't do that today. Like I just, <laughs> you know, so whereas some people it's like, that's a buzz. I think to us and a lot of other like empaths, HSPs, introverts, it, it's just really stressful. And we really have to play off our energy and figure out ways that are going to um, make the most of of our natural skills and I do think it's possible and I think there are more and more people who are like figuring this out and sharing what they know with others but yeah it's it's not a world that's so much set up at least the social media world it doesn't really seem to be set up for us yeah yep I was just thinking about that and do you find so for the audience that doesn't know Kat has a podcast and I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that later but do you find that um, podcasting has been um, a way that felt better to you maybe as introvert or any anything like that yeah yeah and no, I was just going to say that that actually starting the podcast I started that in 2016 it's just called the creative introvert podcast and for one I love the fact that it was just audio and it meant that I could just edit the crap out of it and I, and that's what I did I wrote my scripts and like honest to god those first episodes um, maybe even for the first like year or two I was just reading my script out word for word hopefully it didn't seem too robotic but that felt comfortable to me because um, I'm definitely a natural writer, not a natural speaker. And anything that I'm doing now has only come from like doing that for years and feeling less weird on a, on a microphone. Um, but yes, so the other part of that that I really loved is that you could have these kind of one to one conversations. And I don't know about you, but my kind of introvert, like I really do like one to one conversations and going deep into something as opposed to gosh, I mean, I'm 
mess up with my family recently and there were like 11 of us and I was like I can't have long one-to-one conversations with people it's all kind of like chopped up and there it's just like a lot of different energies around and that's quite draining so for whatever reason the the pre-recorded in particular um audio and now I've more recently stepped up to video which you know was really scary especially at the beginning um again those like baby steps has worked well for me and yeah podcasting was definitely my favorite way of kind of getting the word out about my work yeah yeah I like that that's going to be really helpful for other introverts sensitives out there who are interested in putting their creative expressions out there but in a way that works for them so yeah I appreciate your take on that and my next question is like what strengths do you find um, that you have as an introvert in your business Hmm. I think um I think listening to people, I mean, I think part of that has come from the podcast uh, and being able to, you know, somebody recently said to me like, you know, is this like your full-time job? And I was like, no, this is just like a fun thing that I've been doing for a few years. Um, so, so that, that listening thing. And I think obviously with coaching, that's really helpful, even with astrology readings. Um, so much of that, um, as you probably know, is I'm, I'm kind of listening out for things and, and then trying to locate them in the chart. Um, I think the reverse engineering, I think, is, is one too. So um, maybe that's not, yeah, maybe that's more the, the sort of TJ side of things. But um, that's one of the things that really lights me up. So somebody will come with a big vision and I love, you know, just kind of, okay, let's like, let's break that down. Just like I did with podcasting. What's the simplest first step that I could take? So, yeah. Yeah, that enough? I don't yeah. really particularly like talking about my strengths. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's good, though, because I feel like um, other introverts out there who also have a hard time kind of like talking about or even identifying their strengths, um, that's going to be helpful, at least a helpful first step for them. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. No, it's Sweet. an important thing that we do. Like, I, I, I think that we a lot of us don't do that enough. So it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you consider yourself to be a highly sensitive person or an empath or do you know one personally? Uh, yes and yes. Um, I, know, I know many of, of HSPs and empaths. I do consider myself to be definitely a HSP. Uh, and I remember reading Elaine Aron's book on that and being like, oh, wow, this is particularly when I was a little kid. Like, uh, you know, you, you hear about babies being more like sensitive literally and I'm sure that's really frustrating to parents being like why is this kid like this maybe this kid is more chill um I was definitely the the kid who was crying a lot for no particular reason um or maybe there was a reason at the time but uh again if you're not a sensitive family then having um, a member of the family who is you know it's hard to find a place for them really so definitely HSP um and I also think that's part of why I didn't fit in so well with the sort of a stimulating office environment yep. whereas again I know introverts who aren't HSPs and while they still need like energy to recharge they can still do pretty well in quite hyped environments but um, I definitely cannot uh an empath yeah I find that one a little bit harder for me to figure out like because sometimes I think I am and sometimes I'm not maybe you could help me with that but one of the traits that I think aligns with being an empath which I struggle with and have had to work on a lot is people pleasing Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that's kind of, you know, it's like, I'm only okay if you're okay. That yes. that kind of thing, which yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear you. It's yeah, I have the I, the same struggle. It's it's tough, and I think um, the way that I like differentiate empaths and highly sensitive people. I know that people use them interchangeably, or they you know say it's the same thing, and it's very similar. But I think, in my opinion, um, so like a highly sensitive person would be someone who, you know, is highly sensitive to external stimuli, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, their external environment, um, the energy and people, the energy and emotions of people around them. Um, and then I think the key difference with empaths is that they are highly sensitive and they, they can relate to those types of like HSP struggles, but they actually like have that ability to like take on and process the emotion mm-hmm. and the energy of others. So it's kind of like that, you know, that person's like going through a crisis. Now you feel like you're going through a crisis too. It's like that step beyond just feeling empathy for somebody. It's like, oh man, I saw a really cool thing. It was on Instagram, but it was like, I forgot what it was like empathy says like you know I I feel you or you know I don't know what was it I see you or something but then like empath is like I feel you or whatever it is so yeah yeah and and it, again it can be a real superpower like I know one of my best friends she's a coach and she's definitely an, an empath in a in a real like um a deep sense and I think that's really one of her superpowers when she is coaching but you just I guess the trick is having boundaries and knowing when to put them up as an empath yeah yeah and speaking about boundaries I guess what's one really important boundary that you have as a sensitive person I think um time like making sure that I'm not overloading myself and this has meant that you know I I don't take um you know like too many calls in one day even though like we're just doing it online it's like um limiting stuff like that um yeah so so that that would be a key one and that's actually pretty easy now that you know you've got like booking systems and all of that so that that's yeah. me has been a real key one yeah and, and and I like on your website um you say you know you're not broken like that's that reminder that you put on your website and I'm just curious in your opinion do you feel like a lot of introverts empaths and sensitives can relate to that feeling of feeling broken I I, I really do um partly because I mean I definitely did um both growing up and not knowing um you know why I mean even as a little kid I remember my mom being like are you sure you don't want to like hang out with your friends this summer and I'm like yeah no I will like in time but you know I'm cool right now like today I'm I'm really cool with my toys and my books so all of those kind of things where people are like are you sure you don't want to do this or like why don't you want to do this what's wrong with you um and I think a lot of um, my audience and probably the same for you are in like, you know, the States obviously, and um, to a ex- lesser extent, the UK. Um, but the idea of, of being an extrovert, being gregarious, being sort of out there and going for it, that's really, really encouraged. Um, whereas, I don't know, like there, there doesn't seem to be as much of a place um, for the more introverted members of society so yeah naturally we, we're going to feel like we don't fit in or we're broken in some way yeah yeah absolutely and I was just thinking about just the value of having like a coach like you to like just to really normalize that feeling for other people mm-hmm. I think it just does the world of a difference like once I found my little you know my soul tribe or my community um, and I found it online really um, it's just been a game changer so I totally yeah feel you yeah and become something to celebrate rather than to be like oh like you know that's one thing I don't um I've definitely made podcasts about that before that like introversion isn't an excuse to like not live your best life basically yes 
Yeah. Yeah. I told, I'm with you on that one. And I'm thinking about like empaths too. It's like, just because you're an empath or highly sensitive person doesn't give you an excuse to like stay locked up indoors and like never interact with the outside world. You know, it's not exactly. too painful out there. You can do it. So <laughs> yeah. Although it can definitely feel painful at times. That's true, <laughs> yeah. <but> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to jump into astrology, some updates and how we can use it as a tool to improve our career. So let me just uh, ask you to start off by ex explaining what astrology is. I think we all hear that term thrown around, but like, what is it really? I don't think it's an easy thing to ex uh, try, try to describe, but um, to me, it's, it's a divination tool, um, basically a way for me to speak to the divine effectively. And again, people have different takes on astrology, but for me, it's, um, it's a language. Uh, so it's really fun to, to chat the language of astrology with other people. Um, but also it's like a, a language in that something feels like it's speaking back to you when you're studying the, the, the chart of the moment or somebody's birth chart. Um, and even when you're like asking questions. So in the same way that tarot cards can be used to kind of literally answer questions that we have, astrology can be used like that as well. Um, obviously it can be used to uh, describe somebody's personality, but also it can be used to describe uh, life events that people have been through and, and will go through in the future. So I think yeah. it's something like yeah. that. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, that's a perfect explanation. I mean, I didn't even know the definition or anything. So that's great. I guess, what does it mean when like Mercury goes retrograde or a planet goes retrograde? Like, is that a time of slowing down or what, what exactly is that? Well, yeah, so literally in the sky, what's happening is the planet is, um, it, it appears to be moving backwards in the sky, effectively. And this is just to do with where the planets are in relation to us and the sun and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it appears to be moving backwards. And really, the whole cycle of a planet can be taken into account. So just taking Mercury, um, what we'll see is there's a time when Mercury is conjunct the sun or Kazemi in the heart of the sun. Um, that can be thought of, depending on how you see it, as let's say it's the start of the cycle. Then Mercury moves forward beyond the sun. Um, and then as it gets about like 30-ish degrees away, it's going to stop, slow down and start moving backwards. Um, so it's, And then it's going to meet up with the sun again. So that's like a halfway point, let's say. And then it will continue moving backwards until it gets like minus 30 degrees from the sun will station again and move direct again. So what we will see in the sky, literally, like when we look at the night sky is a Mercury who's going back and forth around the sun. This is partly why Mercury is thought of as like the messenger of the gods, uh, you know, the sun being sort of like the main man. Um, we're looking at a planet darting back and forth. Um, so with that, we can think about, you know, what, what is this? teacher mercury trying to show us um, at these different phases of the cycle um, and i think particularly when the retrograde happens um, it is almost like mercury things can get turned up and that our attention i always think about mercury and attention um, and like where, where is that kind of like consciousness focused and that often the retrogrades are times when we're we're given the opportunity to learn something about where we should be focusing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that could be slowing down. Like that's one of the, the lessons I've had a lot from Mercury, which is, Hey, you missed that. You know, you, you needed to go back and do that thing. Had you been paying attention, that wouldn't have happened. 
So that's often a lesson, but I think there could be different lessons as well. Yeah, that is very cool. I appreciate you breaking down the whole Mercury retrograde. I think it's something we totally see, you know, in the pop astrology out there and something that we've all been like, ah, like kind of scared of at first. So I appreciate your take on it. And it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it feels better to hear it from you. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm curious. So I know that like, you know, just from person to person, we often talk about our sun signs, but I know that there's more to that, right? There's your rising, your moon, and it's, it goes even deeper, right, into other planetary things. So I guess maybe just on a basic level, what are like the rising and the moon signs? Um, are they different from your sun sign? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So the rising sign, um, this is basically the sign that was aligned to effectively the horizon when you were born. So and it was called rising because like literally the planets were rising in the eastern horizon at that time. So it's a really important place in the chart. It's not a planet. It's literally just a point um, because the astrological like chart is it's kind of like a clock. It's just ticking around just like you know a clock does. Um, so when that moment that the doctors, you know, might call out, OK, born 546 p.m. or whatever it is, um, at that moment, there'll be um, a certain zodiac sign on the horizon and yeah that's what we're calling the rising sign um so that can be very the most descriptive i think point in the chart of our personality our appearance because again that's where the planets appeared um is the rising sign so there are certain traits of a cancer rising there are certain traits of a sagittarius rising um and sometimes i can see them sometimes i can't some people claim to be like i know what they are i you know i've heard people being like yeah they just walk like a virgo I'm like, i don't know what that is what? some people do but um uh it's if you start looking at like different celebrities you can start seeing like similarities like there's something about like I think because I am a cancer rising I can see like it in our eyes sometimes there's like a certain shape of eye um but yeah that that's the rising sign um the moon sign is a lot more to do with our yeah I mean people say that it's like our emotional needs and stuff like that and, and it is the moon has a lot to do with our emotions um but it's also representative of our physical body our health um, as well as our mothers it can be reflective of the nature of our mums or even us as mothers um, or parents you know uh, and the other thing is I always describe it as the water we swim in sometimes when like I say to somebody in a reading well you know your moon sign is here that means that you really um, feel the need to have this in your life and you get a lot of emotional security and satisfaction out of that and they're like well doesn't everyone feel like that I'm like no it's you think that because you are that moon sign right. to you it's it makes total sense and it's like for me I'm yeah Sag moon I love to travel and I feel like I need travel and I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't but that's not everyone that honestly isn't everyone so um that's the moon sign and the sun sign um is a lot more to do with like our plot line in life this is um the life path stuff that we aspire to it's, it's kind of like what we place on high um and that you know, we feel very much like directed towards. And again, it's going to depend on where your sun is, what sign it's in as to how that, that, that plays out. Right. Um, so yeah, that would be hopefully that a decent so summary. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm just curious, um, does it matter? Like, I guess like there's houses too, right? There's the houses in your birth chart. And does that play a role in anything too like where you know where your sun is where your moon is where your rising is like in terms of houses does that change things that too 
Totally, totally. So your rising sign, the way to kind of figure out, um, you know, the, the house, there are different house systems, right? So that, that makes things a little bit more complicated. What simplifies things is the house system that I use, the whole sign house system. If you just wanted to do this um, really simply, you would take your rising sign. Um, so you, let's say you learned that your rising sign is uh, Capricorn, and then that will actually be your first house, all of that, that sign. Okay. Um, then the next sign along, Aquarius, will be your second house. Uh, and that will relate more to um, finances, resources, things that support you personally. And we travel along the zodiac like that. Um, so how your sun and moon sign play out, um, it will definitely, you know, affect things depending on what house they're in. So um, my moon is in the sixth house. That speaks a lot to service um, and like helping people. Uh, whereas my sun is in the 10th. And that's a lot more to do with kind of being in the spotlight, um, being in the public eye. Uh, and it's like, okay, so I'm going to want, want to serve people. I'm going to feel like the need to serve people. Like, I'm not just going to be some like, um, what do they call them? Like an influencer in the 10th uh -huh. house being like, I ju I'm just going to do this. Like, mm. yeah, <laughs> the sixth house means that I actually have to be of service to people. Like, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very cool, man. You have the coolest perspective. And, um, <laughs> I have my friend Peg Chang, who actually um, recommended you and your birth chart services and all of that. I mean, I just feel so grateful that I have been able to connect with you because the way you explain all of this, it just makes a lot of sense. So, right. yeah, That's a big compliment. Thank you. Peg's awesome. too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious with the birth chart, how can we use it to find out our natural gifts and talents in life? Yeah, so th there might be certain places that we look, and there are, there are quite a few, so this is by no means limited. I definitely want to look at somebody's sun sign, because that will um, show a lot about how they will want to express themselves and, you know, express their sort of their natural light that they, they share with the world. Um, I am going to look at the 10th house, because this is a house that relates a lot to career, public appearance. Um, and I, I should say that let's say you don't have any planets in the 10th house that's fine. We don't really care about that. What we really want to see is where is the ruler of that of the sign that aligns with that house. So again, um, let's take the, the Cancer Rising chart. The 10th house will be in Aries. Uh, and regardless of the planets there, we want to look at Mars as the ruler of Aries to understand what that native might be like. So with an Aries 10th house that person's probably going to be quite ambitious and um, competitive because of the nature of Mars um, so equally um, we might look at the fifth house for how they might want to express themselves creatively the fifth house was the joy of Venus you know our goddess of the arts and spoke a lot to um, yeah what we kind of like put forth into the world it was also the house of children so again it's what we kind of create and, and, and bring forth into the world um, yeah, we could look at like lots of different places. It's always a, a bit of a mixture, but uh, I think those are some of the cool places that I might might look. That is so cool. I can just picture all of the listeners right now, like, you know, looking up their chart and like trying to piece things together. So this is very valuable and cool. I appreciate it. Um, and I do have a question about uh, the Saturn return. So mm -hmm. I know a lot of people talk about their Saturn return. Um, and I know that we could probably go deeper into each and every one of these things. But just, I guess, in a nutshell, what is a Saturn return and maybe one good tip for navigating this time in people's lives? 
I love talking about Saturn returns um, because yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like fresh off my first Saturn return and yeah, it was real, really something. Okay. So a Saturn return, Saturn will be in a certain sign in your birth chart. So let's say it's in Capricorn. Um, when Saturn takes its time to travel all around the signs and return to that point, that's a Saturn, Saturn return. Saturn is returning to the sign um, and the degree that it was in, in your birth chart. Uh, and that takes about 29 and a half years on average. Again, it's, it's a real average. So I actually got mine quite late because of a retrograde. Saturn, Saturn goes retrograde as well. So things happen. Um, and it's often described as a time where we're basically taught, we're sort of tested by Saturn. So what does Saturn want us to learn? Well, it's things like responsibility, discipline, commitment. Uh, also, it's like being okay with loneliness and really facing a lot of those things um responsibility I said responsibility um yes so these are all some of the you know and denial patience like okay I can't have like the fun that I had in my 20s I mean obviously this comes at the end of our 20s early 30s um and you don't have to be an astrological like genius to figure out that is often a time in people's lives when they it's kind of like okay I, I need to commit I've I, I maybe I got married or I'm gonna get married I've got a kid I you know all of those kind of heavy adult things where we're being asked to do often at that time um so yeah for, for me I mean it was an interesting time I could you know, quickly share a few things um I, I decided to do a very unsaturn thing and travel the world it was more of a jupiter thing that i was doing at that time and i really got punished for it i i really experienced um loneliness in a way that i'd never experienced before as an introvert i thought i was really cool with my own company but again this is during a saturn return where i really learned the limits to um my own company basically and uh, saturn is a planet which teaches us about limits you know, to the ancients, it, Saturn was the furthest away planet they could see. And they knew that. They knew that Saturn was on the edge, the very boundaries, um, like, you know, again, reflective of, of limits. Um, it was in my seventh house of relationships. And part of me was like coming to terms with like, okay, I'm like getting on a bit now. And I'm not, I don't have a significant other and all of these things. And ultimately I, I did end up meeting my like hopefully my, my life partner in in that time so good things can come out of the Saturn return um but I think the question is will you do the Saturn work so for me it was like okay I, I can't have the fun of my 20s I, if I want commitment um I need to like you know step up to that for, for the sort of rewards of Saturn if it were yeah it were. yeah that is so cool. I, I really love like your, your, I guess just your your pearls of wisdom from your Saturn return because I think a lot of people <laughs> scare us with like their stories from their Saturn return. And um, I know, you know, of course, like it's just sometimes it's not easy for yeah. people. But yeah, sometimes for those who are just starting theirs, it's like, oh no, what you know, what should I expect? So and it's it's it, there are also there are many gifts of Saturn. I think I have a podcast episode on the sort of gifts of Saturn. Um, and just as a recap, so for people now, if you are aged around like 29, 30, if you have Saturn in Aquarius, you'll be experiencing maybe your first Saturn return. So um, and this comes back again when we're about 56. So wow. get another wow. one. <laughs> Very cool. And I guess just speaking about your podcast, you have a beautiful podcast named the Creative Introvert Podcast. And I have just been binging all of your episodes. And 
Um, you have um, an episode that was titled The Introvert's Dilemma, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and I know that you talked about like part of being a functioning human in society requires us to like just requires other people. Um, like I know you use an example, you're, you know, in our career, we need people to serve. Um, so I'm curious, I guess, how did you discover your need for people? I think this is really interesting as an introvert. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, so to, to an extent, it's like very practical. It's to do with work. So knowing that, okay, if I needed to um, get my work out there, get clients, um, a lot of that is the classic thing of like word of mouth and um, and contacting people. Like, so reaching out to people, um, like I consider myself like a, a pitching expert. I love to pitch people. I think, um, you know, that's, I would say I love to do it. I think I'm okay at doing it because, <laughs> and you probably will experience this with your podcast. Like you get people sending like, oh, can I come on your show? And a lot of the time they're not very um, personalized. They might not even use my name. And I'm just like, oh, like, there is a way of doing it which makes yeah. me feel like I'm speaking to a human so yeah. I think there's there's that part of it which was just a very practical okay I, I need people in a business sense um but then there's sort of the more emotional side of things as well and that was more of a kind of a later Saturn returny kind of experience where you know I was for example traveling to all these places and I was like this isn't so fun if I can't share it with somebody. And, you know, maybe we then have downtime because I, I love my friends, love my partner, but we don't, I, I'm not a person who's going to spend my time in somebody's pocket, you know? Yeah. And um, so, so does that make sense in terms of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Very, very cool. So I guess just wrapping up with everything today, um, I want to end on maybe like what services are you currently offering right now? Um, I'm just over the moon with your birth chart reading. I recommend everybody go and get one done with Kat. <laughs> um, yeah. I really appreciate that, um, Naomi. And yeah, I, it was, it's, it is my, mostly astrology readings. Like at the moment, that's kind of my, my core offering. Um, I do a bit of astro coaching. So that's astrology um, mixed with coaching so that's very much like okay I have a vision I want to create something I need help with making that happen um, but I also want to use the guidance of the stars and I really enjoy doing that and can't imagine coaching now without astrology so that's another offering um, and the final thing is I've got a book that's um, due to be released very soon um, on discovering your personal diamond so this is a lot to do with basically finding your calling or your destiny um, partly through astrology, partly through um, other other practices. Um, and yeah, so I've, I've got a Kickstarter for that at the moment. And yeah, hopefully I'll have a link to share with your audience soon for that as well. Awesome, sweet. And um, I, I'll link everything in the show notes, but where can our audience find you online, um, on social media? Yeah, where can they find you? So you can visit uh, creativeintrovert.com. Uh, that's just my main website and yeah, other things are linked to you from there. Um, and if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at creative intro. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Kat. I appreciate you and all of your insights and your wisdom. Um, and I hope that we can continue this conversation um, another time too, because I have a thousand more questions for you. So <laughs> yeah. thank you so much. I love your questions. That was really, really fun. These are all my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, Kat. Bye. Mm -hmm. 
Hey everyone, I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. Have you been seeing repeating numbers over and over again? Maybe you're seeing 1111 when you happen to glance at the clock, or maybe you're seeing 222, 333, 444, or 555 all day, every day. Either way, I'm sure you're wondering what all of these repeating angel numbers mean and what you can do when you see them. I've got you. Check out the angel number cheat sheet. This is your personal guide to interpret those angel numbers that you've been seeing. No more guessing. You have the answers here. This is a 12-page PDF that covers the 12 commonly seen angel numbers, and this is the perfect resource for you to keep in your back pocket, aka your phone. I personally like to keep mine in my iBooks, Kindle, or Google Drive app on my phone for quick reference so that I can interpret the meaning of the angel number whenever I see it in real time. This guide is going to make it a whole lot easier for you to interpret the messages that you're receiving from the universe in the moment that you receive them. Download the angel number cheat sheet today and may all the manifesting miracles be in your favor. Click the link in the show notes to check it out.